time to take the next step with Looney Libis. And that's the flaw here. That is what is plaguing Google and Facebook and Apple and the rest of these tech companies. Meanwhile, there is one tech company that keeps showing up at the top of the list of the most trusted brands, Amazon. So what sets Amazon apart from Google and Facebook? It's a culture that puts the customer first. Because in Amazon, we are the customers. We're the ones buying the products. We're the ones supplying the revenue to keep Amazon going. And I'm not going to say that Amazon's perfect. Not even close. But Amazon's culture is to please us as much as possible. And because of that, when you look at the way their services work, every time they add something into the system, it makes our life better, which makes us like them better, which makes them more money. And they are one of the top three companies in the world in terms of market cap because of this. And they have a huge amount of revenues and plenty of profits these days. They're not doing anything wrong externally in terms of customers. Internally, there's some other issues in terms of how they treat their employees, especially their warehouse employees. And like Apple, with their employees out in China, Amazon has enough profits now to treat their warehouse employees a whole lot better. But Amazon is not being hauled up in front of Congress right now because paying your employees too little is not one of these offenses that makes the customer base unhappy that makes the politicians unhappy, that, that their voters are unhappy, that, that starts to question whether or not privacy is a right or not. Amazon doesn't have those issues. Google and Facebook have those issues in droves because they have, they have lost their purpose. They have lost the idea that they are, should be bringing to market something that the masses love. Now, stepping back to my talk that set off this whole rant, the, the one that said... What's Walmart doing wrong? Well, let's go talk about Walmart again. Let's go a little bit back in history to what Walmart could have done in 1972. So that was the year it went public. It sold 300,000 shares at $16.50 a share, which is just shy of $5 million. I don't have the statistics on what percentage of the company that was, but that's clearly not anywhere near a majority of the company. That's just some small slice. Maybe it was 10% or 15% of the company, uh, which is normal for going public. So it raised $5 million. Why did it need the $5 million? I also don't know that. Probably the founders of the company wanted to cash out a bit. Maybe they just wanted to be a public company because back then it was rather prestigious to be a public company. Anyway, so they raised $5 million in 1972 by selling some shares to the public. And these are shares that you can still buy today. You can go any, any weekday and you can go to the New York Stock Exchange and you can buy one of those shares, but it's not going to cost you $16.50 anymore. In fact, if you had bought 100 shares on that first day in August of 1972, it would have cost you $1,650. And today those shares would be worth about $12 million. And so when we talk about investing in companies, we talk about risk and reward. So if, if you hand $1,600 to Walmart back in 1950, when that very first store opened in Bentonville, Arkansas, well, that's a risk. And in exchange for your, your $1,600, if you got $12 million because it became a billion-dollar company, you might say, well, that's a reasonable reward. But by 1972, there were, there were about 100 locations. 
and the company was making a large amount of money. So you weren't taking a huge risk, but you put down your $1,650 on day one, and if you didn't touch it, your balance today in your brokerage account would be $12 million. Well, it seems like a lot of reward for not a whole lot of risk, and that doesn't even count the $400,000 of dividends that you would receive just for owning those shares. Well, okay, so what could have Walmart done differently? Well, here's one, and it's a little bit radical, or it sounds a little radical, but it's it's not actually that big a stretch. How about instead of selling $5 million worth of shares to the public, it had sold $5 million of the company to its employees. And those employees, let's, let's give them five or 10 years to buy out those $5 million. This is not a unique idea. This is the employee stock ownership plan. It, there's, there's thousands of companies in the United States like this. And so what would have happened if Walmart had done that instead of becoming a public company? Well, two things. One is those shares would still be worth $12 million today. But that $12 million would have gone into the pockets of the employees of Walmart instead of this other group that may or may not even shop at Walmart. All right, and the second thing that would happen would be that every employee at Walmart would own Walmart. And that would be a dramatic shift. So if if the employees of Walmart were the owners of Walmart, well, then they probably wouldn't have 100% turnover every year, right? The employees would want to still work at Walmart because they'd be earning some money based on the profits of Walmart. And the employees of Walmart would probably want to help the customers, you and I, when we walk in the store a lot more because there'd be a direct connection between what we do when we walk in the store and the take-home pay, the actual total payment to the employees of Walmart. And with this subtle little shift of the employees owning the company instead of some outsiders, you start to create another virtuous cycle where the employees go to work excited about building their company, not someone else's company. And it creates a totally different dynamic and a totally different culture inside companies. And there again, there's thousands of these employee-owned companies out there, and you probably can't even name 10 of them or maybe even one of them because all you know is that they're a company, right? There's nothing on the outside that makes it obvious whether it's employee-owned or stock-owned or, or privately-owned. Ownership structure, that's a totally different topic, and so we'll cover that another time. Meanwhile, your homework assignment is to take these lessons from Google and Facebook and Apple and Amazon and Walmart and think about how your company can be different, how your company at scale 10 years from now when it's huge can actually be one of these companies that everyone adores. I'll leave you with that. Until next time.